If you're dreaming, God is speaking. And what better way to learn to interpret your dreams than the Breathing Underwater membership? This is a monthly subscription mentorship where you will have access to monthly live Zoom calls where we do live interpretations and learn to hone our skills together in community. You will also have access to a private Facebook group with weekly video teachings, and there's more. You will also have a one-on-one 60-minute coaching call with me every month, and all for less than the price of a single coaching session. Because it is my heart to walk alongside you and see you grow into all that God has for you. So sign up today, join the community. We would love to see you there. We were designed to hunger for the deep things of God, to thrive on faith and wonder, to seek out divine wisdom that defies human logic. We were designed to unlock the mysteries of God. This is Breathing Underwater. Episode 35 of Breathing Underwater. Welcome back. My name is Margot. We are starting a little baby series here for the month of November. We just finished Discernment, which was whew, pretty wild. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. And we're going to build on that this month. And we're going to talk about what intercession is, what it means to be an intercessor, what is intercession, and then intercessory dreams. Because we definitely have dreams that are intercessory dreams. And especially if you have the gift of discerning of spirits, or you're called to pray and be an intercessor, you're probably having more of those than you know. But let me tell you about the number 20, nope, not 25, 35. The number 35 means vindication. Vindication, the number itself indicates what comes from authority. When there is an unresolved question or a dispute among men, a ruling is necessary from a higher authority. And so 35 is the number of vindication. Listen, I'll take that because there is a lot of injustice that I'm still waiting on vindication for, and God is a God of justice. So I actually really love this word, and I hope that it resonates with you. If you're seeing 35s, that is what God is speaking about, unless, of course, the Holy Spirit is leading you another way. So we're going to jump right in. This may not be a long episode, but I wanted to give some context for what it means to be an intercessor or what the word intercession even means. I think if you grew up in the church, you've probably heard it, um, but maybe not. This wasn't something that I really heard the the title for until probably 15 years ago or so. Growing up, I didn't hear it, um, but I think that I was raised around intercessors and just didn't know. So to make it very simple, intercession is prayer. It's prayer. So to a degree, we are all called to intercession. God calls us to pray. God calls us to pray for his people and for his purposes to come to pass. But I would say that there is a deeper and higher call to prayer, and that is when you would receive the gift of intercession or be called an intercessor. Now, 
it's not just what you picture in your mind. Like, oh, those are the people that go in their room and shut the door and pray all day long. They're on their, they're on their floor. They're on their face praying all day long to God. That's how they spend all of their time. Not necessarily. Now, there are some of you that maybe do that or that have specific times of day where you steal away just specifically to pray for what's on God's heart. And I would say that is the ultimate posture of that oneness because as we grow closer with him and we commune with him, we become more like him and what concerns him starts to concern us, right? And as he continues to sanctify us and make us more like him, our hearts and our minds think and feel more of the way that he feels about things. I know this is definitely true in my life where I have become more and more tender and my heart breaks more and more for things that break his heart. And I carry a righteous indignation for things far more than I used to when I was younger. And let me just tell you on that note, a righteous anger is really from God. This is something we should embrace especially if you were not raised in an environment where anger was okay, it can feel scary, especially as a Christian to be angry. Cause you know, we know the scripture that says, you know, be angry, but do not sin. It's like, oh, I don't want to sin in my anger. Am I sinning? But I love the story where Jesus goes into the temple and makes the whip and actually pushes out all the vendors that are there. Remember, he, this is when he says, my house is to be a house of prayer and you have made it a den of robbers. He goes in and actually removes all of those who are in the temple doing things that are for their own profit when this is meant to be a place for prayer. And then right after that, the sick and the lame come to him and he heals them, which I think is so beautiful because that is what his temple is about. People to come freely and to receive healing and comfort and receive him that he already paid for. So in that moment, his anger and his righteous indignation was so godly and it actually ushered in justice. It propelled him and provoked him into cleansing the temple. This is one of my favorite stories and it's a famous one that we talk about now. It might be hard for you to think about God or Jesus as angry, but this is not the kind of anger that's going to abuse you. This is the kind of anger that is passionate about righteousness and things being pure and right. And many of you probably carry that. I definitely do. But as I have grown more in relationship with Jesus, I carry more and more of that. And the reason I'm saying this is because the more time we spend with him, the more we receive his heart. And in that place, we start to care about what he cares about. And we start to pray for that. We don't just come to him with, this is what I want. This is what's going on in my life. Can you do this? Can you do that? We start to carry a burden for what burdens him. And I would say that burden is a burden for intercession because he is looking for people to partner with him in prayer, to bring his purposes about on the earth. I've heard people define intercessors as those who stand in the gap or intercession as standing in the gap. This feels really accurate to me because I am an intercessor and I do a lot of intercessory prayer. However, it might look different than a lot of the people around me. So I'm going to give you another illustration of that in just a moment. But standing in the gap is really those of us who are called to hear God and his purposes and stand between him and another person or a situation and bridge that gap. Basically be bringing that situation or those people into alignment with heaven. So we catch his heart, we hear his word, and we pray that 
for the person we're praying for or into the situation that we're praying for. Honestly, prophets are intercessors. If Especially if we look at the Old Testament prophets, they were all receiving the word of God and they were releasing it to the people on earth and they would physically and emotionally be burdened with the message of God for the people or be burdened with the pain the people were in. They were receiving discernment and actually some kind of physical weight because they were taking on how deeply important this was to the Lord or how deeply grievous it, the injustices were to the people. So prophets and intercessors have a really similar role. And I would say oftentimes are one in the same. Now, not every intercessor is called to be a prophet, but I think every prophet is an intercessor by nature because we stand in the gap. We hear God, we feel his heart for a person or a situation, and we pray that those things align. Sometimes a burden will come upon you in intercession, and it's not something that you prayed for or that you asked for, and it just kind of comes. And this is where the world of discernment and discerning of spirits kind of overlaps with this, because oftentimes we'll get a discernment. It might be an emotional burden, and we don't recognize that it's a burden right away. We think, why am I feeling this? Is that mine? Is it not mine? But oftentimes if we're feeling something that isn't ours, it's a burden that we're meant to pray for that person whose emotions we are feeling or whose pain that we are feeling. I remember, especially when I was younger, this would always confuse me. I remember being on a bus one time in particular and going through a hard part of town and I would see people on the street and it was as if I could just feel their pain as soon as I saw them. I would just get heavy and my heart would break and I just felt like I wanted to weep. And it was like I could actually hear their thoughts or I could feel what they were feeling. And I remember thinking, oh, that couldn't be true, right? But as I got older, I realized, no, that's exactly what's happening. I'm feeling their pain because it matters to the Lord. He feels what they're feeling. And he's looking for someone else to say, do you feel that too? You're a witness to this. Let's pray for that person. I have purposes for them. I want to meet that person. Will you pray with me? Will you agree with this? Will you pray for them? It's so stunning. It's really beautiful. And you may know my utmost for his highest, but Oswald, Oswald Chambers uh, in this devotional talks about intercession a couple different ways, but I just want to read to you. Let's see. He says, this is the March 31st reading in my, his, my utmost for his highest. One of the most subtle and elusive burdens God ever places on us as saints is this burden of discernment concerning others. He gives us discernment so that we may, from the mind of Christ, see them. We should intercede to bring God into contact with our minds, that we awaken ourselves to the point where God is able to convey his mind and his heart to us regarding the people from whom we intercede. I love that. That is exactly what I was just saying. When we spend time with God and open ourselves to him, we are making ourselves available to take on the mind and the heart of Christ for other people and situations. And there's honestly no greater honor. Could there be any greater honor than to feel what God is feeling over a situation or to, to think what God is thinking for a person or a situation? He goes on to say, worship and intercession must go together. One is impossible without the other. Intercession means raising ourselves up to the point of getting the mind and the heart of Christ regarding the person for whom we are praying. That means that we see them through God's eyes. 
intercession or the gift of intercession may not be something that you think you want at face value because, oh, I don't know if I want to spend that much time in prayer. Oh, I don't know if I want to feel those burdens. I understand that and I get that. But let me also tell you that this is the greatest possible honor to feel what God is feeling for his people and to be about what he is about. It is oneness and connectedness to feel what he's feeling for them. And I have found that there are many different ways to intercede. Sometimes I am on the ground of my room and I'm weeping and I am praying in tongues sometimes because I don't actually have the words for people or a, or a situation that's going on or something in my own life. But sometimes I'm just on a walk and I'm feeling his heart and I'm saying, God, pray with, pray with my words, use my words. And I just start to speak and it's in light and it's easy. And other times I feel that I'm actually just physically carrying the intercession and God will tell me to go physical places in a prophetic sort of way. I just want you to be here because of what you're carrying for my heart. You standing in the middle of this situation is literally standing in the gap. You, Margot, carry my heart for justice in this situation. So you even being there is intercession. And then sometimes I'll be in a place and he'll have me do something like a prophetic act, which means he'll tell me, we're going to do this with in the physical, in the natural, but it represents this thing that I'm doing in the spirit. The prophets did a lot of this in the Old Testament, but in particular, we're not going to go into all of those now, but there were so many acts that the Lord would have the prophets do to represent something that he was saying that was going to come to pass. So intercession can actually be a lot of different manifestations. It can be a lot of different expressions. It can feel heavy when the burden of the Lord comes upon you, but that burden will always lift when we pray and then it gets light again. But it doesn't always come as a burden that's heavy, especially when we are focusing on what God is doing and on worship and seeing from his perspective, he is always giving us a very hopeful, victorious perspective because that is who he is. So there is a recognition of victory and joy and love when we get his heart and his mind for people. And it's important when we're interceding and as intercessors that we keep that perspective. Sometimes when we can be discerning and feel a lot, we can get bogged down by the heaviness that God wants to lift, but we don't focus on that. We focus on what God wants to do. And that keeps us in a place of hope, that keeps us in a place of worship and a place of him as, as God, as victorious God, as above all. I love intercession. I think it is something that is having another kind of wave of, I don't want to say popularity in the church, but I think God is gifting more people and awakening more and more people to the gift of intercession, men and women alike, because we accomplish much through prayer. Scripture says that the prayers of the righteous person are effective. They are powerful and effective. And when we partner with God, especially in unity, praying for the same things on his heart, wow, things move. Mountains move. I mean, there are so many intercessory movements right now praying for Israel and what's happening there with the war. I have been absolutely drawn into that in the spirit. God has given me my own burden in moments to pray for that. And it's, it's because it does something. It's because our prayers and our agreement with him actually does something. It actually releases and brings his purposes to pass on the earth. So let's talk about intercessory dreams. Intercessory dreams are probably 
going to seem like any other dream, but you're receiving some sort of discernment or maybe a warning or something in the dream. Now, this could be a, a physical, natural kind of catastrophic event. You wake up and you're like, what was that God? It definitely could be metaphor. It could be about him talking about something spiritual and all of that kind of weather imagery is symbolism. Absolutely. I would always ask him that. And sometimes it's literal and he might show you, Hey, there's a hurricane coming and I want you to actually pray and intercede. That has happened from to me before, but I didn't know that it was literal until I asked him. And then I started to pray. And as I started to pray, he started to release more and more of how I was supposed to pray. But intercessory dreams don't always look that obvious. They can, especially if you wake up with a burden for a person or a place and you just feel like, oh, I have to pray. I have to pray. Do it. Just pray in that moment until it's released. But other times you might be getting discernment like we've talked about in in past podcasts about something that's going on behind the scenes. Maybe God is showing you the spirits that are motivating behind certain organizations or a certain movement or a situation or a person. Maybe he's showing you what's going on there. I would always say, God, do you want me to pray? How do you want me to pray? Especially when he is allowing you to have multiple dreams that feel kind of demonic, meaning like you can tell that there's demonic uh, energy in the dream, but it's not necessarily a nightmare. Like you are just experiencing demonic energy. Yeah. In the dream, you may feel off put that might feel like, Ugh, I don't want to be having these dreams, but I would say, take that to the Lord and say, you just revealed something to me. You just pulled back the curtain so that I could see what's going on behind the scenes. And I bet you did it Lord so that I would pray. Because he loves to give us strategies. He loves to let us see into what is happening in enemy lines, behind enemy lines, so that we can partner with him and bring to pass what he wants to bring to pass. Just like we said about intercession, that we get his heart and his mind for a situation or a person. And sometimes that happens while we're awake and we just feel the burden, but oftentimes it will happen while we are sleeping. So honestly, Almost every dream that I have that I interpret, I ask God, what is the application? How am I applying this to my life? Do you want me to pray? Oftentimes it's, I want you to pray into this. This is something to be in prayer for. Or I'm showing you this because this is going to give you language for the burden that you're already carrying, that you didn't realize what it was for. You knew it wasn't yours and you've been praying, but it hasn't lifted. And now I'm giving you a dream to show you this is what I have involved you in spiritually. This is what you're carrying because you're interceding with me for this situation. It's going to take probably a little practice to recognize which dreams are intercessory dreams. But I would say if you already know that you are called to pray and that you are a sensitive person, have discerning of spirits as a gift, then you are already interceding (laughs) and you are definitely called to intercede. So I guess what I would advise as homework for those of you who are resonating with this, oh my gosh, yes, I think that I have a lot of intercession dreams. Go back through your dreams now and ask the Holy Spirit to highlight to you which ones are intercessory dreams and ask him to show you the strategy in which to pray. And if you are someone that is already praying and loves to pray, I would ask God to give you more intercessory dreams so that he's giving you pictures and language to name what you are praying for, what you are meant to be praying for. There is so much more 
to know about intercession, but we don't have all the time for it today. Maybe I will have a, a course or a longer series on this to come, but I wanted to give you a little bit of context because many of you are having those kinds of dreams and like, don't even know it, or what do I do with this, Lord? As well as next week and the following week, I have two friends that are definitely intercessors who are going to be bringing some dreams that are intercessory dreams so that we're going to get a little better picture about that. One of the cool ways to know if you are called to intercede in a dream is that you are not involved in the dream at all. You are just watching the whole thing happen. It's as if you're not there. The people involved in the dream don't see you. They're not interacting with you. It's like you're a fly on the wall and you're observing something else that's happening. That's God showing you something going on that doesn't have to do with your own life. But I would say the involvement he's calling you to is prayer. Or as an example, I had a girl reach out to me the other day about a dream where she was observing most of the time but at the very end, she stepped in and had a part to play in it. So I recognize, I think this is an intercessory dream. God is showing you what he's having you pray for, but there's actually something for you to do right here in the end that's more than just prayer. There's an action to take. So I am going to leave you with that. I'm going to let you go back through your dreams and see which ones are intercessory. Ask God to highlight that for you. And please don't hesitate to ask questions about intercession, what it means to be an intercessor. I would highly recommend um, the book, The Happy Intercessor by Benny Johnson. Also, there's another one called Intercessor by James Gall. Those are great books, but also just staying close to God and staying close to Jesus. He is the ultimate intercessor. Jesus and what he did on the cross was the ultimate intercession. He stood in the gap between God and us, and he took on our sin, and he reconciled us to him. He took on our physical sin and our pain and all of that as a burden and interceded and brought victory and peace through his sacrifice and his blood. And Romans says that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding for us all the time. They are still interceding for us. They are still praying they're praying for the purposes for our life to come to pass. So there is no greater honor and there's no better person to learn from than Jesus himself. So go ahead and get tucked in to that place where you're in quiet time with him or that place of prayer with him and ask him to teach you as well. I look forward to talking more about intercession in coming weeks and giving more examples from my own life. But until next time, happy, happy dreaming. Thank you.